Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment automated investment and savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Monday, October 25th. Mark, I am so looking forward to this program because I feel like we're about to go deep with somebody, with our listener who's joining us today. This listener was so smart because he's listening to the program and he says, hey, I have a question. So he goes to jillonmoney.com. He clicks the contact button, ask a question. I think we answered the question. And then I said, I want more info. Come on the air. And he says, all right, I'll come on the air. So right now we have Philip from Chicago who's on the line. Welcome, Philip. How are you today? I am well, Jill. How are you? Doing great. Now, the reason I am so excited is that right before we got on the air, I noticed from Philip's signature line that he's actually a shrink. So I feel like we're about to have a very interesting conversation about money and emotions. Um, and you can do some therapy on us as well. How about that? <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So what what brings you onto the program today? Give everyone the background and what is it that got you on the air today that you want to talk about? Yeah. So recently I've heard about you um, talking with some listeners about if they're on track or not. And I kind of feel like I'm in the boat of an aggressive spender and almost obsessively, or it's not spender, saver, uh, and obsessively so. And I'm just wondering, like, am I saving too much? And then also just, I had some questions about kind of rebalancing and how to, how to decide when you need to start going into more conservative, um, you know, allocations and whatnot. Okay. That sounds great. First of all, how old are you, Philip? I'm 43. Okay. And you work full time, right? I do. And then I have a side hustle that actually produces more income than my full time job. Whoa. What's the, how much do you make on the full time job? Uh, about 90,000. Okay. And the side hustle? Uh, since the pandemic, about 125 a year. You know why? Because everyone's crazy. They need you. <laughs> It's get me that uh, get me that Zoom set. Are you doing Zoom phone? How are you yeah, doing it? It's exclusively um, teletherapy, yeah, or occasional phone call depending on what the client's needs are. But um, yeah, nothing in person. How do you feel about the difference between teletherapy, physical therapy, and phone? Compare compare yeah. those three. 
That's a good question. Um, I, I don't think anything really beats in person, but I really try to meet the client's needs and where they're at. So, you know, I think phone or telehealth is better than nothing. And especially given like the current environment that we've been in, it's, uh, hey, we'll, we'll take what we can get. But yeah, I don't think anything beats in person, but mm. it's certainly good for scheduling and planning and, and ending and starting on time. I'll tell you that. Like, okay, we're done. Bye. I'm sorry. Our time is up. Um, Okay. So you're an aggressive saver. Tell us the kind of retirement saving that you are doing for both of these chunks of income. I get a 403B and a 457 through my employer. Um, Mm -hmm. So I max those out every year. Um, And actually in 2022, I think I just found out that our, um, my organization is going to be going to a Roth version of that. So I plan on doing, you know, Roth 403B, Roth 457. So that'll be nice. I also have an HSA uh, through my employer. And then I also have um, a Roth and a traditional IRA, you know, just from kind of like past lives. Uh, And then I have a brokerage account. And then I have various other accounts, you know, like things like Acorns and, and whatnot, you know, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know if you want me to tell you my numbers for each of those. Hold on accounts. a second. Yeah. Are you making any contributions from the side hustle income? Um, that's pretty much all going into my brokerage account. I all did right. open a SEP, um, but I haven't funded it yet because I'm just kind of, because this is so new for me in terms of like how much I am earning in the side hustle since, since COVID. I'm kind of just a little unclear. I don't want to over you know, kind of overfund that. So I'm going to do the 20% once like the, the, this 2021 calendar year is done. Right. Just to open it up. Okay. Yeah. So let's do the, the basics now. Tell us how much money is in your Roth. Let's okay. start with your Roth IRA, your traditional IRA, and we'll go then to the 403B and the 457. All right. The Roth, um, I have 119,000 there. Okay. Uh, the traditional, I have 191,000. Mm-hmm. The 403B, I have 49,000. On the 457, I have 53,000. Okay. And then the HSA, I have about 13,000. Great. And the brokerage, like if you give me the brokerage, do you want to do all those other accounts and just sort of throw it all in together? Let's, like the brokerage yeah. plus? Yeah, the acorns and all that. Um, that's looking at about 255,000. Great. I have cash of about 133,000. Rent or own? I own. Uh, I have 112000 left on my mortgage at 3.125%. What's the place worth? Um, probably about two seventy. Any plans to do anything else real estate-wise or stay where you are? Uh, I think I'm going to stay where I'm at. Are you single, partnered, married, anything? Partnered, but we live apart um, and we don't like combine financial sources yet. Interesting. I feel like after going 19 months of COVID, there are many partnerships that live together who are like, okay, now let's do 19 months apart. Let's do that. Let's see how that works. That's great. Um, Okay. So that's great. Um, You know, you've got a whole bunch of money saved. You're a very young guy. And, you know, I, I, I'm in my experience with therapists, they do that for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Do you have any aspirations about early retirement, some retirement when you want, like what's our, what's our goal here? Yeah. So I work in a school full time and while it's lovely on many fronts, it's really, it's really challenging work. So I would like to kind of phase out of the school job within the next seven years, maybe around 50, because I am, this is my pension eligible year. So I will get somewhat of a pension later on. Um, And I think just given like what I earn in my side hustle, like I could just do that easily sustain my, my kind of lifestyle plus put some money away still 
um, and kind of let the money that I already have ride um, until I'm ready to take that out in my late 50s. If you were to retire from the school at age 50, you said you'd be entitled to a pension. Would you be entitled to health care also? No, but I think that's where um, the wonderful partnership that I'm in would, would come into play. Oh, you mean I'm only going to get married for the insurance? <laughs> this, is a, this feels like a New York story, Mark. Like it's like we used to say, well, you know, I, I guess, uh, you know, if I have to give up my apartment, that would be the one thing. That would only the only reason I'd get married just to, you know, an, it's a real estate transaction. Listen, I mean, it's been two years. We started dating right before COVID. So it is going down that track. It's just there's no need for that yet. But, um, you know, there's no signs of that you know, changing. So I think, you know, by that time, yes, we will be um, cohabitating and, and I would be eligible for his insurance benefits. All right. This sounds like a great plan. I think you're doing a ton of saving. I think doing the Roth eventually will be great. I mean, look, you don't have to kill yourself on the side hustle if you're doing it because you, you like it and it's you know, you're building a business, sort of developing that business. I think that's fine. I'm guessing that even if you just had, um, let's wind the clock forward. Let's say you're 50 and in today's dollars, obviously you could support yourself on a hundred grand a year, right? Right. That's pretty easy. And even if at that time in seven years you had a hundred grand and the only thing you were doing was putting, I'm going to guess like 10 or 15% in a SEP or putting money in a Roth and then some in the SEP. Like you're, you've already done a lot of the heavy lifting. I mean, you don't have a ton saved for retirement, but you do have a bunch and you are going to be hyper aggressive in the next seven years. Like the 403B and the 457 are going to be very quickly built up. What is the guesstimate of your pension benefit if you were to leave it 50 Mm -hmm. and you wait to tap that until let's say you're 65 ish what would the uh, monthly pension benefit be i don't know i'm probably not much maybe maybe two or two to three thousand a month wait a minute that's not not that much that's actually a real number okay the reason i say that is that you know that's a number that can provide a little bit of, of relief from feeling like you have to oversave in the 50 to 60s, you know, in that in terms of retirement, because that does take a lot of the pressure off. Who knows what's going to happen with your real estate, whether you move in with partner, partner moves in with you, but chances are the the housing costs are going to be pretty minimal. You just don't have a lot of money left on your, on your mortgage. Mm-hmm. So I think you sound like you're in really like when you say, am I on track? Yes, you are on track because you are an aggressive saver. Look, you'll figure this out. It might be that at age 50, you're like, eh, you know what? I'm done. Or you might be like, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm fine. I'm going to stay. But you don't have to stay. And I think that's a, a lovely goal to have. Once you do get to age 50, I think the pressure is going to be off to do hyper amounts of saving like you're doing right okay. now. Because okay. you will be doing it in this. I mean, look, basically, you're taking advantage of this time horizon where you have the cash flow and you're socking it away. I think it's awesome. It's yeah. just great. What am I doing with this 133000 in cash that's just too much for me? Am I just dumping that into the brokerage as well? What's like six or 12 months of reserves for you? Oh, gosh. Like, I mean, my fixed expenses are about two twenty five hundred a month. So it's right. it's not much. Yeah. yeah. Chicago. I'm going to tell you something. I'm moving to Chicago. Is right. God damn right? it. Um, dump it in the brokerage, I think. Now, what about you saying that you're very aggressive in your, um, in terms of like the actual allocation? Like what's going okay. on for you? 
Aunt Jill, you're not going to be happy with this, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy already. I love you because <laughs> okay. you're great. Because first of all, it's it's not bad to be aggressive. I want everyone to hear that. I am a wimp. It's not bad to be aggressive at all. I was just with a friend of mine. He's 64 years old. He literally looked at me and my girlfriend. He's like, you girls are like pathetically wimpy when it comes to investing. And it's true. It is true. But, you know, that's just my personality. I would rather take risk in my career rather than in my portfolio. You could take all the risk you want as long as you're okay with it. So tell me, like, what are you doing? Well, I'm pretty much 100% equities. Um, Mm. I... I do have a managed fund through Fidelity that they do tax loss, tax loss harvesting for me that basically tracks the S&P 500. So okay. I pay 0.65% on that, hoping that like that's worth it for me to get the, the, you know, the, the tax benefits from that. I'm not really sure. Eh, I mean, I don't know. This whole tax loss, har- I mean, it's not that hard to do but yourself, but if you want them to do it, that's fine. Is that where most of the, these assets are held at Fidelity? Yeah, yeah, they are. When you say 100%, is it all U.S. equities or is it other stuff? Like, what's well, in they're, there? they're buying all this stuff for me. They're, fo- they're following the S&P 500, so I'm not really sure exactly. I have I own so many companies now because it's not just an index fund, you know? Um, yeah, so, yeah. Um, But in terms of, like, my like traditional and Roth, like, yeah, they're, they're pretty much just – yeah, they're, I think they're just U.S. S&P 500 index funds. Same thing with the 457 and the 43B, though I am – thinking of doing some just like small cap and, and emerging market stuff. Yeah, why not? Um, in, and in and international, any international for you? I don't think outright. I just, I don't know. I've always kind of thought the international still gets encompassed by the S&P 500 just because of our uh, kind of power. I don't, know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. I, I mean, look, if you're going to add other asset classes, here's some to consider. Obviously, the reason to add a small bond portfolio position is just that, you know, it will not cost you that much in terms of upside and it will smooth a little of the ride up. But if you really don't care, mm-hmm. then fine. I mean, you've lived through market cycles already because, you know, you're, you've now been investing probably for, you know, 15, 20 years. Right. So you know that like bad things can happen. I wouldn't mind just having a 10% position in bonds. I don't know. I'm wimpy. You could also consider getting yourself, um, you know, into, as you said, a small cap, an international. You could maybe diversify even by doing an emerging, emerging market. You could have a little real estate fund if you thought that was interesting to you. You could do uh, maybe a little commodity fund um, and, you know, even throw a little crypto in there if you want. And I think that that's I mean, those are the kinds of other assets that just perform a little bit differently than the U.S. stock market. Now, Mark, what do you think about your your Phillips age? How do you feel about 100 percent stock position for Philip? And okay. but like Mark says, he has twenty percent in bonds. It helps him sleep at night. But Philip, if you are fine with it, like with things as is, you don't have to worry. Like I have no judgment around it. I'm amazed and uh, I'm sort of envious when people can take on that risk because I just don't have it in me. I'm really I'm such a wimp. I just um, in terms of the bond fund and that that allocation, I've always just kind of thought, isn't the whole point of smoothing that ride so that like as you get closer to needing that money, basically. So if I know that I've got, if I can earn enough to not have to dip in, even in my 50s, why wouldn't I stay in 100% equities? Like, what is the point because, of the um, Because most people don't have the wherewithal to hang in there when the blank is hitting the fan. That's okay. the real reason why. Um, so if I look at um, 
Okay, I just happen to have this. I don't know why. Thank goodness I save all this crap. I'm just looking at the Vanguard did a, a portfolio allocation risk reward from 1926 to 2020. Okay, if you're 100% stocks from 1926 to 2020, average annual return 10.3%. Okay, that's for 1926 to 2020. When I look at the 80-20 portfolio on an annual return basis, so 80 stocks, 20% bonds, the average annual return, instead of getting 10.3 with a 20% bond position, it's 9.8. It's a half a percentage point. Okay. Now for you, you might be like, oh, I want that half percentage point. For most human beings, (laughs) Mm -hmm. they are like... I like having a little bit less of a ride. Sure. Um, so that's the differential. And and by the way, if you're listening here, something that's super fascinating to me, if you go into a 60-40 fund, okay? So 60% stocks, 40% bonds, okay? Over the period, 1926 to 2020, all right? The difference of being 60-40, your average annual return is 9.1. It's not nothing, and it adds up over time, mm-hmm. but... It's really interesting to me to see like, wow, actually having a model that is a little bit less stock does not kill me. It really doesn't. Because by the way, there are some years that bonds kill it also. Anyway, so that I give that to you as like, you know, you can do with it as you wish. You can be 100% stocks. I think statistically over time you'll win as long as you don't get freaked out. Right. Well, and like you said, I plan on doing at least, you know, just my own private practice you know, as long as I can, you know, well into my retirement years, just on a part-time basis. So I think I'll always just be okay on the cash front. I think you're in great shape. You have um, your will. You have a power of attorney. You have a healthcare proxy. Uh huh. I do. You want to do a little therapy right now? <laughs> Go ahead. You're a financial therapist, right? Essentially. Yeah. Tell me, like, what are the common causes of people's financial anxiety? Um, well, it's, it's been different the past 18 months, obviously, right? Because this is just, everybody has just been turned, turned on their head. I think honestly, something that I was really surprised at, a lot of my clients are guilty for how well they've been doing in COVID. Mm. Um, And they really feel kind of almost like a, not a survivor's guilt, but like, you know, a parallel to that, this idea that how can I, and they can't talk about it with anybody because it seems like they're gloating or they're, um, you know, when everybody else is suffering, they don't want to be talking about, you know, kind of their wins. So that's been a really, really strange, um, you know, place for a lot of my clients to be in. Hmm, interesting. I feel no guilt about that. I just would like you to know. I feel <laughs> zero guilt about that. I feel guilt Good. about other things, but I don't feel guilt about that. Do you think that this community, this Jill on Money community, are we doing a good job just sort of being there for people? Are we, are we, oh, are we too tough? Are we, are we being okay? How do you judge our financial therapy? How do you judge our therapy in general? I, I mean, I love it. Like, I love your, like, just like pr- pretty straightforward New York approach. Like that, that's something that I respond to. Um, so keep it coming. All right. I mean, I'm going to do it. Philip from Chicago, you are on track. You can continue to be as aggressive as you wish. It's completely up to you. I think you are in great shape. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep listening. And, and hopefully we will not disappoint you. If we do need a shrink, though, you know, like if Mark and I have to go to couples therapy, we'll come to you. How about that? You got it. All right. If you, like Philip, have a question about what's going on in your financial life, maybe it's about what your game plan is. Maybe how are you using that side hustle to fulfill a long-term goal? Man, that is such a great 
plan. It's fantastic. Just go to our website, jillunmoney.com. Click on the contact button and then we'll get your note. Tell us if you come on the air. Mark will do everything else. While you're on the website, sign up for the free weekly newsletter and you can subscribe to our sister podcast called Eye on Money. All right. Well, hey, it's the beginning of the week. And so uh, hopefully you've got a little spring in your step. Put your hands on someone's back, either metaphorically or physically, presuming you're both vaccinated, please. Thank you very much. And remember our mantra. It's grit, growth, grace, and a little gratitude. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.